Just be in earnest. Just be in earnest. Just be in earnest. Just be in earnest. A little one Yo, okay. So it's looking like episode two of Just Be in Earnest. Looking like this might be a consistent thing. I hope that's okay with you all. Hey, guess what? You don't have a choice. And uh, that's fine because that's what's going to happen. Thank you all so much for uh, listening to the first episode with me and Mitchell Tenpenny. This is going to be an awesome episode, too. I've got a good friend on here again, uh, Jameson Roper, somebody I've known for a super long time, a childhood friend, and he is also killing it in the music business. He manages a band called Ban Camino. You might have heard of them. They're taking over, and it's awesome. It's exactly the type of music I grew up listening to, and... I'm just super stoked to know the guy, and I want to introduce you all to him and pick his brain with him here on air. Episode two. Let me just rant a little bit. First of all, dogs, okay? I love dogs. I have three dogs, Australian Shepherds. Wouldn't have it any other way. The best damn dogs in the world. So smart, so sweet, I swear my man, my oldest man, Winston, Mr. Winston, he's got a stripe right down the middle of his face and he knows exactly what I'm saying at all times. I could speak his name. I bet you he's come from the other end of the house and is waiting outside two doors away from me because he heard me talking about him. What a good dog, man. Do y'all have dogs? If you do, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say when they get comfortable and they lay down. You know that they are finally at peace when they hit that. (laughs) That nose breathe, that. That nostril breathe is just the most satisfying dog breath ever because you know that they're finally just at peace. Uh, So I got Mr. Winston, Australian Shepherd, full grown Australian Shepherd. I've got Nova. She's a miniature Australian Shepherd. That's Delaney's pride and joy. And uh, had an alcohol bubble in my throat. And I also have Baby Blue, Mr. Blue. He's the the little man. He's the youngest, and he's also a miniature. And, dude, what they say about having, you know, the baby being the favorite, sorry. I get it. If you're the oldest child, I am. Now I get why my parents like Chris better. Whatever. I totally get it now. I can't argue with it. Because, damn it, Blue is so good. Let's talk about this for a second. How many of y'all don't call your dogs by their actual name? You have this big plan where you're going to name your dog, and then all of a sudden you've got 38 other names for your dog. That's us. That's us. Oh, what's that sound? That's the sound of a homemade grapefruit, vodka, grenadine, uh, triple sec orange, and lime little drink. It's just a little refresher for a mid-afternoon. Lost power last night, so finally got that back. I'm so ADD. Just go with me here. I'm going to get back to the dogs, but... I was going to make kebabs yesterday on the grill, had them prepped, boom, boom, power went out, 
thought I was going to lose all of my meat. Pause. But I didn't. Put it on ice. Got a big igloo cooler. Put it on ice. Made kebabs today. What goes well with kebabs? Alcohol consumption. Been a wonderful day. It's getting ready to rain again. Hope there's no storm. So look, okay. Mr. Winston. Original name. Let me go run down the names for Winston. Winnie Wince. Vinny Vinny. Don't ask. Mr. Winnie. What is it Delaney says? Lemon Winnie Meyer. <laughs> Meyer Lemon. Mon Win. It's like half French. Our dogs are bilingual. Mon Lemon. Mon Lin. Vinny Win. Vinny Winston Lemon. Vinny Women Lemon Meyer. Who knows? That's enough. Let's get to Nova and her names. Nova. Actually, Nova has the least names. She's also the most particular dog and will only answer to whatever, you know. Nova, Nova Babe, Nova Babe. And then there's, don't get me started on the songs. Nova Babe, Nova Babe, Nova Babe, Nova Babe, Nova Babe. I don't know that that's one. I think I just made one up. It's kind of Nova, Nova Babe, Miss Nova. And then Delaney will say, Nova's gorgeous. And she is. But Blue. I got Blue. Uh, he was probably, what, like five weeks old, something. And we immediately, I went on tour with Mason Ramsey, little Hank Williams Jr. Had a love named Blue, no long little baby, say goodbye. Y'all might know him as the Walmart yodeling kid. I know him as one of my favorite human beings ever. Um, I wrote a couple songs on his album twang and then uh i helped write his verse on the remix for old town road so that's like i mean he's like a little brother to me legitimately he asked me to go on tour with him and open for him obviously i said yes i also had just bought a puppy hey blue i know you're brand new to this world we're putting you in a van and taking you across the country and what that did to us was absolutely bond delaney i and our dog. Hey, who knows what grammar that is right there? Might have been right. Delaney, I, and our dog. Me, Delaney. And I. Any English majors, feel free to message me or DM me and tell me I ain't shit. If you follow me on Instagram, it would be at Ernest. If you follow me on Twitter, it would be at Ernest615. And if you don't, hey, do it. Great. So Blue, let's get into some names for Blue. Baby Blue. When he's going crazy, we call him Blue Varane. When he's sleeping, he's Blue Dream. When he's absolute, like if he shits on the floor, which he does, uh, he is house trained, but he also isn't. When he shits on the floor, Blucifer. Now those are manageable names. Let me speak right. Those are manageable names because they have the word Blue in them. Let me tell you where we started giving you nicknames, Blue. Talking to Blue now, sorry. This is an aside. When we first put a collar on him and he'd jog his little tiny ass into the bedroom, he'd be jingling and jangling. So we called him Jingle Jangle. Then, 
I guess somewhere along the line, we started calling them teeny, teeny tiny. And now it has just gone off the rails with eeny, mini teeny, eeny, mini teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny. I mean, this dude gets more theme songs than the game show on fucking TV land, dude. E- oh, uh, Marzipan? Don't even fucking know what it means. Probably my favorite name for him. Marzipan. I'm still not sure if there's an N or the N or an M on the end of it. Marzipan, Marzipan. Can you tell? I don't fucking care. Marzipan. It's a Marzipan. Then we call him Mars for short, apparently. Oh, actually, let's refer to Delaney really quick on where the fuck Marzipan came from. So, quick little aside with Delaney. Delaney Royer, where did Marzipan come from? When all of the animals were dying in Australia, blue was our koala, which is a marsupial. And marsupial. So, okay, okay, okay. Led to marzipan. Okay, so it starts. Okay. (laughs) Which means, like, it's a really sweet thing, and he's really sweet. Marsupial. No, marzipan is a sweet thing. What language? In English, it's a type of dessert. A marzipan thing, yeah, it's like okay. a, a frosting. Learn something <laughs> so new every day. So it started he's as marsupial because he's our li- our own little koala. Yeah, because he looks like a koala because he's gray. Marsup. Oh yeah, marsup. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to the podcast and back to you, Ern. Wow, thanks, Ern. And we're back here. Look, you reminded me. Another name, Martini, Martinelli's, Martin Short. So many names for dogs. Feel free to comment on my Instagram what y'all call your dogs or my Twitter. Good dogs, man. Love dogs. Hey, been playing a lot of golf lately. Didn't know I was a golfer. Uh, was always a baseball player. Decent little athlete. Let myself go a little bit. Still got the chops. And uh, started playing a lot of golf. Walking. Because uh, the go- golf course is... Go- hey. Hey, Keith. Yep. Call me Ernest. Hey, Ernest. What? Speak well, okay? The golf courses are technically closed. But guess what? You can still golf. You just got to walk. So I have a jank set of clubs with a bag that doesn't stand up. If anybody's listening that has a golf club deal, whatever, hey, shoot me some clubs in a bag that'll stand up. And I promise I will mention you on my podcast every day that I ever record a podcast. Till then, I'm laying my bag of clubs down and I'm teeing off with an okay driver so that I can hit with an okay hybrid or five iron out of the rough, sometimes the fairway, and then I can putt into the vicinity of where the hole is because we're playing on COVID rules, which means if you if you just didn't like a foot within the hole, count it. Cause we're not reaching in there and grabbing the Rona. Just not how we're playing golf. So I'm probably a month into playing golf consistently, like enough where I bought a pair of golf shoes. Um, I got a pair of golf pants, Nike breathable shout out Nike for my shoes and pants and my hat. What I don't have is a good golf shirt. I have actually, you know what? I'd like to thank my sponsor, white claw, because they've been from they've been there for me in every asset of my life. I'm not sure if I used the right word right there. 
doesn't. If you could see me right now, you can't because we don't have video for this part. But if you could, you'd see I don't give a fuck if I use the right word. White Claw's been there for me. They gave me a golf shirt. The problem is it's not the same color as the gray as my pants. And I'm kind of matchy, so can't wear. And I wouldn't wear the same. I wouldn't wear gray on gray. Not on the golf course. What is this? A funeral home? Nope. Um, so I don't really have a golf shirt, but no golf course open, no rules. So just kind of, you know, I'll wear it like a Lululemon breathable piece. I actually want to talk about golf course attire one time. Hey, look, if you're not Tiger Woods and it's not Sunday, don't wear a f- red golf shirt. Because guess what? We're at a public golf course, and there's a guy like me waiting to tee off behind you, and you're dressed like Tiger Woods on a Sunday during the Masters. You're wearing a red Nike shirt. Let me just put things into perspective for you. If you don't hit a 300-yard drive down the cock and use a sand wedge to just drop it on the green within 12 foot of the cup and then birdie that bitch every hole, don't wear a red shirt. Because I'm a bad golfer and I'm behind you. So my standards of what a good golfer is, they're pretty low. But if I see you wearing a red golf shirt, black pants, black hat, you take eight practice swings, and you shank a ball, guess what? Jogging up and kicking your bag over. Because you suck, I suck, we have that much in common, kicking your bag over. And I'm telling you why. When you're like, what the fuck? Hey, you're wearing a red shirt. Are you Tiger Woods? Oh, you're not? Okay. Don't mind me. I'm going to shank three balls while I wear my fucking Led Zeppelin band shirt. <laughs> Whoops. Don't care because I don't golf. Don't don't care so much. Um, I'm talking y'all's ears off. I just want to thank y'all for tuning into my podcast. This is just episode two. We're going to get going. Uh. If y'all have anything y'all want me to talk about or, you know, any topics, any guests y'all want me to have, please let me know. At me on Instagram or Twitter, uh, at whoever you want on there, and let's get this thing going. I want this to be legitimate. I still got a record to promote. Don't think I don't. Locals Only. It's probably the best album called Locals Only by Ernest that's out there, and y'all deserve to go hear it. If you've been hearing it, thank you. If you haven't been hearing it, thanks for getting off this podcast, going and logging in and downloading my project. Some of my favorite songs I've ever written are on this thing. Period. Got a dope music video for Sugar coming out soon. Wish I could tell you about it, but uh, I'd have to murder you. We don't want that. Got a bright future ahead of me. Um, Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take a bathroom break, let this music play, and I'm going to bring my boy Jamison Roper in, just being early. 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dude, what is that? I don't know, some video that was sent to me. Okay, well, I'm here with Jamison. 
Uh, we were going to do this yesterday, and I'm just going to be honest. Um, I got a little too high. Before you came to my house, not at my house. Right, no. Um, smoked some great medical marijuana, and it's been a while since I had uh, some good weed. And man, I came over... And it just wasn't, it wasn't happening, dude. I, I My thought, wires weren't connecting. I thought that you had seen an apparition or something when you walked in. I was like, are you good? You were like, yeah. Why? What's up? And I was like, dude. I was on a low vibe. It was, I was, I was happy, but literally like I was, my brain was working as fast as it absolutely could. So. And after we'd made the decision, okay, we're going to shelve this. We're going to do the podcast tomorrow. You sat there and you were like, well, yeah, but anyway, you want to just hang out? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we just sat there and hung yeah, out for like I an needed, hour and a half. I needed to take a seat. And then, I, and then I came in and my wife was like, how was it? And I was like, oh, we didn't do anything. Oh, we, we, didn't just, do, we just talked. We podcast. <laughs> All along, I just wanted to hang out with Jameson. Uh, Man, so like this morning I prepared. I woke up, had a cup of coffee, watched an episode of Ozark, uh, took a little micro dose of mushrooms, and had a Corona. Okay, so we might be in for the same thing by the end of this. Oh, really? Yesterday. No, is that, is that is that we might be in for the same result no, of yesterday? Oh no, no, you're good. You're good. No, that's what I'm saying. Today we're like I'm up and at him. Okay, I'm got on it, it. Got it. We're moving full cylinders. Got it. Actually, this podcast is brought to you by Corona, not the beer, the virus. Because if uh, if if Corona wasn't a thing, I would have something fucking better to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's not just this episode. That's the entire podcast yeah, the, brought to you by the whole global podcast pandemic. Brought to you by Corona. Right, right, right. Um, also, Corona beer helping me get through one brew at a time. There's one right there. Uh, there it is. I wanted to ring. Sorry. Oh, he smacked the wedding ring on the Corona. Shout out! Shout out to you and your wife, Devin. Shout out to my wife, Devin. How she puts up with a lot of shit. She puts up with a lot of people coming over in the middle of the day, and uh, I mean, I could go on for a long time. But basically, being in the music business and being married to somebody who's not leads to a very interesting life for her as a passenger. She has to adapt. She she has to accept a little, and then she has to tell me to shut the fuck up a lot. Yeah, I mean Delaney does that for me a lot too. Um, yeah, it's good that's welcomed. Delaney's a creative, so she gets, and her dad's a songwriter, and so she gets the lifestyle a little bit. But like, I mean, you know me, I'm a lot to handle. I, I mean, I've known you for what? <laughs> how long have I known you now? Probably close to twenty years. Yes, yeah, which since, is weird being like, only thirty. Like I've known you the majority of my life, which is weird. Yeah, since probably fifth grade. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's bizarre. Um, for, if you don't know, Jameson is also a Nashville native. Uh, right now on the on the Just Being Earnest podcast, we're two for two on Nashville natives. Uh, actually, two for two on Lipscomb alumni. The OG homies, dude. It's pretty awesome. It worked out this way because uh, let's get into this a little bit. We have known each other for a super long time, and I think I think the one thing we've had in common the whole time is music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a great drummer. You've always been into music. You and Mitchell had a band. Once upon a time. Once upon a yeah. You still got chops. I know you do. Um, what was what was you and Mitchell's first band name? Oh, dude. Uh, so me and Mitchell Tenpenny, and then two other guys, Travis Harper and Joseph Thompson. Shout out Travis and Joseph. Dude, yeah, dude. passed Joey Thompson's house yesterday. Dude, yeah, on Glendale. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So we had we had a band. We were in sixth grade called Reserved. We were uh, reserved. That's right, dude. dude we you were, had the worst album cover of all time, dude. I'm, I'm we were find it and put it up. On first the of all, I don't think we had an album cover ever because no, it was a only... picture of you in your backyard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. That was like <laughs> done on Microsoft Paint. Yeah, uh, I remember. It, we spent like probably, dude. We spent like more than a day trying to find the like you know the copyright R inside of a circle. Yes, we were like that should be the R on reserved, 
And at that point, it wasn't like Google Images wasn't like that common. So I remember we were like searching for a scalable one of those. And we were like, that's got to be the art. And I remember I figured it out one night and I called everybody like on their house phones. This and is your I was first like managerial job. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I found the R. And Mitchell was like, all right, tight, tight, tight. And uh, yeah, reserved was terrible. We basically just covered Sadie Hawkins Dance for Reliant K incessantly. Well, you also you also had a mean choker game. You had a, Oh dude, I was into him chokers. Dude, Jameson, I I have I could dig it up. My fifth grade yearbook. You were in the eighth grade when I was in the fifth grade. No, I'm two years older than you, right? Or three? Were you in were you in Saggio's grade? Okay, no, then I was, yeah, when I was in eighth grade, you were in fifth. Um, so that yearbook. Thanks for making me feel old. No, it's okay. I, I went to pre-first and pre-K, so you should have been two years older than me. I got held back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 28 years old. I was driving as a freshman. Got it. Um, Tight. But you, you, your yearbook <laughs> picture in eighth grade, you had the badass wide frames. The, that, was, that was just the only frame that could support my lens prescription because I'm blind. Well, you look good today. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, and you had the choker. And you might have had an Abercrombie shirt on. I remember the picture. Definitely. Hollister or Abercrombie, that was it. Your hair was familiar. Was kind of like today. My hair. A little longer. It, yeah, my hair right now is, is a bit long, and um, I don't care because I'm just stuck in the house or I'm it's here. quarantine. What have you been doing? <sighs> um, Y'all were cutting a record. Still are. No, we would not do that because that is not socially distanced. Well, you're doing it from a distance. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I've gotten this question from some people on Twitter and stuff. You know what? Truthfully, me and the boys were in a bus together when all this happened. Um, and then we've all isolated, like isolated with our wives or girlfriends. Um, and outside of that, we've just seen each other. So yeah. I really feel like we we've been really responsible with it. I mean, everybody's taking it pretty serious, but yeah, we we cut five songs for the record. Um, like oh, back up. This is the band Camino, and Jameson manages the band Camino. I know I mentioned this in the prologue, but we're just just so everybody, in case you fucking skipped forward, <laughs> and if you did, hey, back up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So you're cutting a record with the band Camino. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. We did, we cut five for the record. And other than that, um, just been kind of working on that, working on, you know, every day I just get on the phone with a, a different rep for a promotion company or an agent and just get really depressed. So <laughs> every day is basically that. I'm trying to be the positive person because, you know, I mean, me personally, I don't see a world where no shows happen this year. Right. I, I think arena shows are done for this year yep. just because of the density, but I have a really tough time thinking that places like the Troubadour in LA or Exit in here or, you know, Bowery Ballroom in, in New York, even even though it's New York, it's a 575 cap room. Yeah. I have a really tough time saying that none of those shows are going to happen for like another 10 months. I hope you're right. And so every time that I'm on a call with somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, man, we just let's let's look to bump into June of next year. And I'm just like, OK, look, here's uh. the deal. Uh, that's let's hold that as a backup. And like, this is seriously like I've, this has been a focused effort on my part every single time I talk with somebody. Cause even though I'm, I'm not a big fish in this, in this machine, the more people that can somehow work towards something uh, optimistic that right. I'm in for it. So every time I talk, I'm just like, well, let's hold a backup. But like, it might happen this year. And it's just every day. My hopes get dashed. Yeah. So people. I'm, yeah. It, it's a, it's a big unknown world right now. I mean, all of us were going to have tours. I was going to be going on tour in like two weeks with Sam. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then y'all had the Dan first of four, dude. First of four. Hey, the best po- tour intro video I've ever seen or announcement video, I should say. Dude, I had big dreams for this TV show, bro. It was and so good, dude. Now it's like this podcast is also brought to you by First of Four Productions. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so y'all want me to y'all want me to play first? Oh yeah, oh, dude. I get to start. Okay, <laughs> I get to start. <laughs> so um, good. So we y'all y'all were gonna start for Dan and Shay, right? No, we were gonna be two of three. So Ingrid Andrus, okay, uh, who's awesome, good friend. Ingrid was first to three. Then we were direct support, or I should say, they the boys were direct support, and then Dan and Shay. And and this year it was so it was gonna be such an awesome year, which I feel like is it a was. story for everybody that's touring. Because if you're touring, it's great. Um, and now that we're stuck at home, we realize how great it is. But um, you know, we were gonna do Dan and Shay, and then we were gonna do the 17 dates in the spring because they split the tour up. They did a spring leg and a fall leg, so right. we were only gonna do the spring. And then starting in August, we were going to be on the tour with Five Seconds of Summer. And that was going to be really cool to get that variety. I mean, you know, one thing with this band that when I met the boys um, was kind of my goal from the beginning was that it was never going to be predictable and expected. Right. So in my head, I was like, there's no other artist I can think of that can do a Ben Rector tour, a Dan and Shay tour, a Five Sauce tour inside of 18 months. Man. And, and it's still actually feel like a rock band yep like they do dude i would listen to the band camino i do listen to the band camino all the time i'm just saying like when i was in middle school and high school like that was the shit we were listening to ballpark that shit i mean you're managing a band that i would have been telling all my friends about my whole life well thank you i mean honestly so much of it i i with jordan schmidt so jordan who's one of one of my best friends one of your best friends jordan is yeah i don't know (laughs) I t- he actually texted me earlier. We were talking about a song, and he was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm going to be on Keith's podcast." He was like, "Oh fuck yeah, make me sound tight." <laughs> okay, he's like, "All right," yeah. uh, but no, Jordan and I, honestly, from the beginning, uh, I kind of had to talk him into doing Bad Camino with me because at the time he was like, you know, out with FGL or or whoever, and just stacking cuts. And he, Jordan and I had like a very 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 focused conversation with the guys initially, and we were like, you know. Um, part of like those drum balances, right? It's like the music that we grew up on being bands like Starting Line or bands like uh, Finch or even Blink-182, they would probably be the fully evolved version of that. Yep. Those mixes, which were predominantly Tom Lord Algae or Howard Benson or Chris Lord Algae, um, were really, really, really big compressed records with loud drums. But the thing that they always lacked is they didn't always have a great story to tell. Yep. And so with Band Camino, we were like, all right, cool. The bag of tricks on this is going to be kids nowadays that are 16 years old. That kind of music that we grew up on, the starting line stuff, 2000 to 2006. Yep. They were like hardly even born. So we can kind of reintroduce this and it's going to be totally new to them. But the the flexibility that we got out of it was Jeff and Spencer are great songwriters in their own right, but they're also really smart songwriters. Yep. Which I think there's a difference between being a good songwriter and being a smart songwriter. For sure. Um, you know, He Stopped Loving Her Today is a great song. If you're trying to release it in 2020, it doesn't change the fact that it's it's a great song, but it's not a smart song. Right. And that's where Jeffrey and Spencer are really, and, and really the whole band from the top down from the beginning. I mean, uh, Garrison's batting a bit, the drummer is batting a bit from a handicap because Garrison's been with us now for about a year and a half. He wasn't there when I joined the band. Right. Or when I started managing the what band. Year did, what year did you meet them? I remember we were sitting on your back porch and you were getting ready to go to Memphis and uh, yep. you were talking about them. That was, what, four years ago? At no, least? no, no. That was all, that would have been, uh, I met them August of 17. 
Well, that's three I, years ago. Yeah, and then I signed them January 1st, New Year's Day uh, of 18. That's incredible. And then I got them on a tour that left like three weeks later. And then, you know. What, now we're, what now we're cap here. rooms did they start out playing? Uh, that tour was first of three on the Dangerous Summer Tour, which was like 150 to I think the biggest one was like 500. And then the next tour was Night Game with Martin. Yep. And then the next tour was Ben Rector and then Headlines. Dude, that's so sick. I think we're going to play a clip uh, that my manager, Kroon, has. Uh, where did it, where was it from? Where what? Oh, the the he has a video from Little Harpeth Brewery, which yes. I did not even know was a venue. So I went to that show, funny enough, because that was before I was officially working with him. That was like fall of 17. And I went, wow. me and Mitchell both went to that. So okay. I remember Mitchell went with me, and I think my dad, my parents came to that show too. I bet the JR by shots. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it was like a type of thing where like my dad called me one night and he was like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Like, I hadn't seen you in a few days. I was like, oh, I'm going to go see this band from Memphis. And he was like, all right, I'll meet you there. Yeah. Dude. Like, all right, cool. And my dad showed up and I think my dad has a video of uh, yes. Jeff's mic like fell over or something and Mitchell like in the middle of it. Mitchell's like standing next to me and my dad, and you hear Mitchell's voice. He's like, oh, that's so great. The more that can go wrong, more crowds love it. He's like, he's like, the best thing that could happen right now is if some more shit fell over. And then out of nowhere, Spencer's guitar just falls off the stand and breaks. And Mitchell's like, oh, look at it, dude. They're loving it. I mean, that is so rock and roll, though. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Dude, your dad's a legend. um, Jordan Schmidt. We want to make him sound cool real quick? Yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, I love Jordan. I do, too. He's my favorite producer. And and I, I, I get to say that as somebody gets to work with him. But even on stuff that I don't work with him on, he's my favorite producer. He's so good. Uh, if y'all don't know, Jordan Schmidt is behind so many hit songs that y'all are hearing on the radio right now, writing and producing. He's the man. He came here from Minnesota, yep. right? He's from Duluth, Minnesota. I mean, and just, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you he's can so, tell he's from Minnesota. He's so good. I've, I've known him for the last five years or whatever, and I, I won't. I won't, uh, you know, gas him up anymore. You're going to pump this. his tires pretty hard? I'm going to pump him okay, but I'm just going to say that, like, some of my favorite demos were with him, and they are not country. They are with my emo band, Depends on the Year. Oh, dude, Depends on the Year is my favorite. Serotonin. Would you be willing to sign Depends on the Year to, like, just a, just a singles release deal? 100%, dude. Are you, do, you, do you plan on actually – this is a serious question. Do you plan on signing more bands? or? Do you yeah, have, I mean – Here's the thing, like, <clears throat> so I work, other than Ben Camino, I also have Seth Ennis. Okay. And Seth um, is another. Shout out Seth. Seth, dude, incredible, incredible artist, incredible writer. Um, he's just one of those guys, you know, kind of, you guys are very different people, but same mentality of there's really nothing else you can do except create. Right. Right. Like for me, I love. Uh, putting the pieces together and creating great records. Um, but for somebody like you, somebody like Seth, somebody like Jordan, there's nothing else that you can focus on than creating. It's like not in your nature and that's, and rightfully so because it shouldn't be like the only thing that you guys are put on right. this word, world to do is wake up and work and your form of work is something exactly yeah. right. And, but your form of work is very different than most people's because it could be one simple idea that manifests itself into a massive thing like three months later. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to working with other artists, Seth was one where he, we had talked for a long time. And for people that don't know 
um, on Spotify, you actually can check credits. They do care about songwriters some. Thank God, finally. Yeah, but if you look, like Seth co-wrote Daphne Blue with the boys. He co-wrote See Through. He co-wrote Break Me. He co-wrote several on the new record. Um, but Seth, another one who's just had a lot of success God, as a country those writer. songs are so good. Yeah, man. And and Seth, so to answer your question, well, I sign of the bands, it has to be something where... It's got to make sense. I'm really compelled by music on a daily basis. I mean, you talk to any of our friends in Nashville, you come over to my house and we just sit and listen to music and all I want to do is hear demos. Yep, that's what we did yesterday. Yeah, and it's like Too that's, high to do a podcast, never too high to listen to yeah, demos. Yeah, and so like for me... <clears throat> It's it's got to be something where it's like super compelling. Like I'm never gonna go say like, oh, I'm setting up a management company and we're we're looking at growing the roster. Right. Like that's not my game. Right. Like that's so awesome. Like, you know, Steve Bursky is a great friend of mine. Yeah. And Steve Bursky is a partner of foundations management. And Steve has Need to Breathe and Lauv and Ben Rector and all this stuff. And like that's awesome. Uh, that won't work for me. Yeah, you're a very hand, you're a very hands-on manager. Like, yeah, like I can't have I can't have thirty artists and like, all right, cool. Like, send me the demos and then we'll pick through them and then like, I just and maybe that changes as I get older. I don't know, but right now I walked away from a real estate career um, that was, you know, going really good and and I and I walked away from it because even though it was going great. It was about a fulfillment factor other than just income. Yep. And so for, sure. I, for me, if I wanted to get into a business that if I wanted to reintroduce myself into a business that had a little less emotion and a little more of a binary uh, sum of money attached to the end of it, I wouldn't do music. Mm-hmm. So for me, whatever I work with has to be something where I'm just so compelled that I'm like, I can add value to this. First of all, uh, I see a clear lane for it. I can see that this person and I can, can work together. Like we're willing to work together. Yep. Um, I don't ever want to sell somebody on me without me having a very obvious value add right off the bat. If I have to sell you on why I can help you, then I don't want to do gonna it. Work. Yeah. I don't want to do it for sure. So, well, I think, yeah, I think just who you are makes you a great manager because I feel like it made you a great real estate agent. You're passionate about what you're going to do. Period. Sure. That's why you're ripped. <laughs> Not, not on quarantine, but... You are, Jameson. You have a great body. Oh, wow. Thanks. It's a shame we aren't doing video. So Man, people it, what people see. don't realize is we're actually not wearing clothes. Yeah, and uh, that's the beauty of not videoing the podcast. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I think we're going to play a quick little clip of See Through, right? See Through? Right? Sure. Okay, here it goes. And this is the band Camino with a chorus of See Through. Back with Just Be in Earnest. Uh, the Just Be in Earnest song is my favorite thing. Man, that was just a little fireside creation I came up with. Mm. And Just Be in Earnest. It's so good. Just Be in Earnest. Just Be in Earnest. Just Be in Earnest. Just Be in Earnest. Yeah, it's a head hummer. Yeah. 
I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna drop it on Spotify. <laughs> Might as well, dude. Just, do it. Do it as like a 12 second, like literally just the interlude. Watch That's that it. be the one that pops for me. <laughs> I'll be, dude. I'm gonna. I'll be furious. <laughs> I actually won't be. I'll actually be so cocky. <laughs> if that shit pops off, if I get a banger with a 12 second song, I'm popping off like. <laughs> I'm talking shit on people. I don't even dude. think Spotify counts anything under 20 seconds as a play now. Well, then I'm right. going to do a double chorus. Yeah, 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 of course. I'll make that shit Long 21 seconds. Um, let's let's just let the people know really quick again. Um, as far as Nashville natives go, we're so lucky to be able to come up in Nashville uh, around music. Yep. Loving music. And now we've gotten to make careers out of Well, and that's actually kind of how we met. Was yes, it is. We were in... So this is going to be like kind of a hyper-focused tangent on this podcast that unless you are familiar with kind of all of us, including Mitchell, yep. this is kind of go right over your head. But yeah, uh, Mitchell Tenpenny, country artist, great, was my best friend since we were like 10 years old. And then his brother, Rafe, was your best friend from when you guys were like 10 years old. Yep. And by us all hanging out at Mitchell's grandmother's house. Yes. Mitchell would bring his best friend. Rafe would bring his best friend. And that's how we all just like, like we were just like a fact of life in each other's lives. Always, always around. Yeah. And I don't really think anybody like, cause we were just older than you guys. We're three years older. Yep. And so we were just like doing music and you and Rafe were always kind of like the younger guys that like maybe felt like you couldn't just hop up there and grab a guitar and play with us. Like you yeah. guys were like maybe not intimidated, but no, just like we were also just in a different phase of life. Like I think we were making like faux horror movies at his grandmother's house. Yeah. Or yeah, some yeah. Shit. But like, I remember, um, what I was probably, you know, it wasn't until high school and y'all were probably in college when we finally just started jamming at your, you had your downstairs set up Yeah, at I, your house, at your parents' house. And, um, that was, that was like, I I remember being so pumped because I was finally getting to jam with y'all, not just like. And then Jimmy Deegan came in, dude. Shout out Jimmy Deegan. Jimmy came in. Yeah, that was that was a huge night because it was Jimmy Deegan. Shout out Jimmy, Rafe, me, you, and Mitchell, and we all just. I think I was on keys and Mike and like. (laughs) Dude, me and Jimmy were talking about this the other day. Keith is or uh, uh, so, sorry, Ernest. Thank you. Although, although I know you as Keith, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. We've been we've we've already been over this yeah. in the podcast. It's but all good. Uh, Jimmy was like, "Dude, he's like, do you remember that night that we were just at your parents' house and we had just been slamming like tequila or rum or something?" And he's like, "And then I just remember when I turned around and Keith was like just playing on a keyboard <laughs> and he was by himself and Jimmy was like, "I don't remember why it happened, but everybody was just like." All right, well, we're just going to do this now. Yeah. And then it was at that moment that you you had known Jimmy for like a while at that point. And I remember it was that moment where we were in my parents' basement that you finally just go, Jimmy, by the way, I'm like a huge fan of Every Avenue. Yeah. And you knew all of Jimmy's old yes. band's music. And Jimmy was like, oh, okay, cool. I had to, had to let him know. Yeah. And then you went and drummed for Every Avenue. So don't tell me you ain't a good drummer because you went and where, Japan? Uh, yeah, we did We did the Japan tour. The, the Jameson brought Corona Dennis. back. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> oh, I brought Corona back five, six years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was. Uh, dude, that wasn't very PC, but neither <laughs> am I. And that was China. So. The, hey, dude, you can't be PC when you're just being earnest. That's actually the perfect place to wrap this thing up mm-hmm. uh, because you can't. No. And if you're just being earnest, where do you see Nashville being five years from now? Five years from now, Nashville is going to be the preeminent powerhouse for songwriters, uh, regardless of format. 
there's going to be more rock acts coming out of Nashville yes. than there will be out of LA. There will be a there will be a stronger label presence in Nashville outside of country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, in general, I just think Nashville's also just going to continue to just get fucking huge. Just as a city. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, for me, yeah. I don't like, I mean, I, I, I'm fine going to LA and seeing my friends, but I don't love the fact that the music business is all based out there. It's got this CD overtone and it's got this really weird genetic backbone out there that I don't really like. Um, Nashville's Camino, making its own name for itself. Ban, Ban Camino was signed out of a New York label, which was very welcomed for me. Yep. I don't go to LA very much and I can't stand the fact that when rock bands are like, all right, cool, we're going to be a serious rock band. Time to go to LA. I don't like that. Yeah. I think there's too much songwriting powerhouse uh, or songwriting horsepower here that isn't being leveraged the right way. So in five years, I think that will correct itself. Awesome. I, I think you're going to be very right. And uh, if we're still here in five years to see it. Hope rock music's around in five years, you know? It's going to be flourishing. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. Just being earnest, Jameson. Um, it's good knowing you, and I hope to keep knowing you. I'm going to know you. Oh, we're going to know each other. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. I'll see you all next week. Peace. Just being earnest, just being earnest, just being earnest, just being earnest.